Welcome, welcome to the Rectify Roundtable, a show all about games and bringing players together with host Scott Anderson. I'm your host, Guy Anderson, and I'm thrilled to be back with all of you once again. Uh, every time we go live, we aim to bring you some of the best interviews and conversations, and I think we've managed to put together something pretty spectacular today. Um, before we get to the stars of today's show, however, I do want to remind those tuning in live on Twitch that we do encourage audience participation. We love it here. And uh, so feel free to send in those burning questions you have for our guests. Uh, we're monitoring the chat, so feel free to drop any questions you have there, and I'll do my best to get to them throughout the show. Uh, we also have at least one giveaway plan for today. We might have two. I think a lot of that depends on how active you guys are in chat. So let's get let's get some of the let's get some hype going in chat, guys. We really we really want to do two giveaways today. So let's get that going here, and uh, stay tuned for that as we go throughout the show. Uh, with all that said, let's get to the actual reason why you've all tuned in. Uh, this duo that's with me today commentates some of the most hype moments in esports, and if I may say. They look pretty dang good while they're doing it. Uh, let's give a big old new pod champ emote welcome to Sparky and Flambo. Hey guys, thank you for coming on the show today. How are both of you doing? I'm doing good. I haven't been on the mic for anything uh, even a little bit formal in quite some time since like mid-November of last year. Oh. So it's been a minute. Wow, yeah. No, good stuff. How about you, Flambo? How things going? I'm like, I mean, I'm doing great. I, I'm excited to just kind of get back into it because the off season has felt a lot longer than uh, <laughs> it's just, I know, pandemic like amps everything. So I'm just ready to yeah, sure. kind of get back into it. Yeah, one day feels like a week. I know how that goes, man. Uh, so unfortunately, we were supposed to have Upmind on here as well. Give us some of that CSGO love. But he is in the middle of uh, a map three right now. And so yeah. if he happens to get done with that while we're still casting, we're going to try and get him on. Uh, but in the meantime, we are going to have great conversation with the two of you guys. And um, I, we've been looking to have we've been looking forward to having this casting conversation for quite a while. Uh, it's something that we've been talking about ever since we started thinking about doing this podcast. So really stoked for you guys to be here. And for those who are uh, listening today, who are paying attention, uh, watching on Twitch, uh, for those who may not be familiar, let's start by having you guys introduce yourselves a little bit. Uh, tell us what esports you're you've commentated for in the past, what you're doing right now. Uh, give us a little bit of what's happening with you, uh, Sparky. Let's start with you. Uh, I'm Sparky. I'm a one-trick pony because I only know anything <laughs> about Brawlhalla. Uh, I am probably the least talented of this entire cast here, uh, even when it's just Flambo. So I probably have the like smallest point of view on all of this. I'm at least glad that Flambo was able to make it so that we can have some smash side of things. Though it is unfortunate we couldn't have Upmind to just sort of give the even more variety to this, coming from the Valorant that he's been doing, coming from the CSGO that he's doing tonight. But yeah, I'm, I just... I kind of talk over Brahalla and say the jokes and talk about the players that I like. Yeah, I mean that's like I'm not as Mr. Brahalla. That that that's Sparky, all right. Spar Sparky's Mr. Brahalla. Me, I'm <laughs> Mr. Kind of Brahalla. Like I like I love Brahalla. I love it to death. Um, I commentate it pretty much primarily now because um, when I first started. Like, I would do some other stuff. Um, but I do Brawlhalla. I do Smash Brothers. Um, I do whatever Bagel tells me to do. So I've done some, <laughs> like, Power Rangers Battle for the Grid. Um, I've done Super Animal Royale. I've done Overwatch and Counter-Strike in the past. I kind of just, like, take whatever people will let me talk over. So <laughs> that's me. There you go. Sounds good. And before we get into talking about casting, always interested to find out, uh, what are you guys playing right now? Is there anything specific that you're playing that you got that you got deep in your mind that you're thinking Probably. about? I'm busy cranking Probably. out big kills in Rainbow Six Siege. I'm mm. busy cranking out big frags in Destiny 2. Oh, there you go. Right on. I, okay. I, hop, I hop on Destiny 2 every like six weeks, I think. 
and it and it keeps me hooked for like three weeks all i can think about is playing destiny 2 and then i fall off and then i don't think it about it again for six weeks that's kind of my life with destiny 2 but i feel you there i like to grind uh an entire season's worth of content in the first week and then <laughs> right. uh just continue to grind because i'm a grinder there you go there you go. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, because I haven't been playing Destiny two recently. I've actually been playing Persona Five Strikers. Oh, anyone, yeah. anyone who knows anything about me knows I am, I'm, I've fallen for Persona Five so hard. Uh, I platinum the first game. I platinum Persona Five Royal. I'm gonna platinum Persona Five Strikers. I can't get enough of that. I can't get enough of that game. And and that world, but uh, so I pre-ordered that thing, been playing it for the last four days, and uh, I was I was nervous about a mix between Persona Five and kind of the Musu look, like the the Dynasty Warriors, Dynasty Warriors vibe. Yeah. But man, I tell you what, they mesh those two uh, games or those two genres together so well with that game. Can't stop thinking about it. Plus the music, the music's jam right there. Persona Five's got some hot tracks. So but, it's it's a Dynasty Warriors type game. It's a yeah. yeah, it's a Musu game. Uh, you oh, think, uh, okay. I heard Strikers, and I thought it was like Super Mario Strikers. I wish <laughs> I thought it was a sequel, soccer game. <laughs> we got we got Joker and Smash. That's about all I can expect from a fighting Persona type. Thing. Although you know, Persona, Persona 4, 4 did Arena. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah Persona was... 4 Arena did. That's true. That's true. We'll we'll see what happens there. Akihiko, man. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, uh, all right, that's what we're playing. Getting into the casting side of things. Uh, start off how'd you guys get involved casting esports not something that you know was a thing even 10 years ago i mean this is something that you know has really become i mean it's really become a career in the last decade uh with the rise of esports uh, how'd you guys get involved and what do you see as your long-term long-term goals uh for this particular part of your life flamble start with you or no sparky I, oh, i'm sorry i'm sorry, oh, I'm sorry. i was right. gonna let it go uh, whoever wants no, to no. start flamble you go ahead you go ahead are, are you i sure? got the last one Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, so it, it's interesting, right? Because I am 27 years old now, right? So like I'm boomer. Like, I know. I know. It kind of hurts. Kind of hurts. We're not going to talk about age here, guys. You stop that. We're not going to talk about age. <laughs> but no, I uh, when I was in high school was when I like first started casting, like the tail end of high school. Um, and really what it was, was I played Super Smash Brothers Melee religiously. Um, and there was a YouTube channel called The Waffle 77, who was run by a dude named Homemade Waffles, who would, before like capture cards were like really a thing, like they are now, and like Twitch was around and yada, 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 he would record all of the Smash tournaments locally uh, with like his buddy and they do live commentary over it and then they'd upload it to youtube and back then the, you couldn't watch a twitch stream yet because like justin.tv wasn't even around yet like that hadn't been conceived so it's the only way right. to like figure out what was happening with the tournaments besides going to like online forums and i saw those guys and they're they hilarious and some of them still cast like the waffle still does or homemade waffles does feel not so much but they were like really inspiring to me because I was like, yo, I can be funny and crack jokes on the mic. So I uh, went to like my first Smash Bros locals um, and like we had a recording set up and I was like, word, I suck at Smash, but I can be funny. And then I started talking there. And then one of the people I met through Smash had like a ESL uh, League of Legends commentary thing that he was doing that he put me on to. So then League of Legends was like the first game that I like actually really casted for a while. And then it just kind of led into more stuff from there. Awesome. Yeah. So Sparky, how about you? What what got you first involved with uh, casting and, and what do you see going forward for you there? Uh, well, the biggest thing that helped me get into casting was that I was extremely lucky. Uh, I was able to get into Brawlhalla on the absolute like groundest of floors. If I was starting from nothing like right now in this time, uh, there's no way you would ever catch me on a stream. Like, yeah. not even a chance. I got in on the ground floor with one of my best friends in the world, Duke Fam. He's one of the ones you saw, you always see on the mic with me. Shout out to uh, Duke. Him, 
and his girlfriend, we met in college. And uh, once they left college, then we started, uh, obviously we played games together. We wanted to find something to play because maybe some of the other games were getting stale. So we got into Brawlhalla. We weren't very good, but we wanted to get involved with esports. So we were like, screw it, let's just run a tournament. So once we ran or once we were thinking about doing that, then we were like, okay, well, we could do the commentary. I've always been a performer. I did junior high band. I did high school band. I did fifth grade choir. Um, I, all kinds of stuff. I've always been a performer and love performing. So commentary was my way to do that because I uh, stunk at the game. There was no way you were ever going to find me on a tournament stream playing the game. So I had to talk. And man, I was bad. Oh, I was so <laughs> bad. Oh, it was awful. I had no idea what I'm doing. I honestly, I still don't. But That's oh fair. man, the, the fact that like <laughs> me and Duke were kind of like the only games in town gave us a very powerful position. So even though we stunk, people didn't have anything else to go to. So they 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 cut us a lot of breaks. They they dealt with all the mess ups, us not knowing actually how to commentate. They let us get through the early learning stages without being too brutal. I can't even imagine what it's like for people who want to commentate Brawlhalla now. It's it's just gotta be such a tough field to actually get into. Yeah. Hey, I get you on the performer side, six years in drumline right here. Oh just wanna say I was drumline as well. Ooh. There you go. Double nick cannon. Oh. <laughs> I was on, I was on the ba- I was on the base, not on the snare. I wasn't good enough to be on the snare. Just uh, I started base. I was the only freshman to make the drum line that year. Very Look at good. you. Uh, started on the baseline. Then after that, I was a uh, I played quads for three okay. years. Yeah. Uh, became the quad captain and then the drum line captain. Uh, so I was just kind of the cock of the walk in the drum line, which is of course the coolest section. So. I well, was one of the coolest people in all of the high school band, <laughs> which still made me a nerd. Yeah, I was going to say, that would put you in like the top 70% of cool people yeah. in the school, though. So yeah. I, I get that. I get that life, man. I've been there. All right. So real quick, I want to let you guys know, we're going to do our giveaway in five minutes. So Juice. Keep tuned in. Giveaway in five minutes. I'll let you know what it is then. Uh, we got a question from Twitch chat. Sparky is for you from You Got Froned. Froned? I hope I'm saying that right. How you many times are? It, oh, look at me. Look at that. Professional host here. I'll tell you. Uh, how many times have you run Deepstone Crypt and failed to get Eyes of Tomorrow? Every time. Uh, <laughs> Froned is asking me these questions. Like He's feeding me these questions. He's who I play Destiny with. He's the reason I actually got into <laughs> Destiny. Uh, so, Froned, just check my raid report, and then you can actually <laughs> tell me how many times exactly. But I don't have the exotic drop from the new raid yet, and it's very frustrating. <laughs> Fair he enough. has it. Oh, he probably got it first try, right? I don't think he got a first try, but he got it. He got it pretty early. I I don't think any of the other people that we raid with have it yet, no, except Front. That's how it goes. Just stunting on you. Not cool, man. All right, moving on. Is there a game or event that you guys would like to cast that you haven't had a chance to yet? Man, oof. I like think about that and like my brain goes, starts like turning because I'm like there. So here's the thing, right? Because I feel like when when I started casting, because I'll do kind of a joint thing here because I realized I only like kind of half answered the first question, right? So in terms of my long-term goals, right, for, for this part of my life, when I first started casting, my goal was just to have a good time. Um, and then there hit a point in my life where I was like, wow, I've been doing this for years. I should probably keep doing it slash make it amount to something. Uh, but I didn't really know how to do that um, because smash events suck in terms of like the, the payment structure. Like you can get hired since it's like very grassroots um, and like they're allowing people to like shoot their shot and get in. And if you get like popular enough with the fan base, they'll hire you for better slots and yada, yada, yada. But the pay has always been like, pretty minimal slash non-existence because there's no like developer support for Nintendo games. Um, So it was just the money that the community had, which albeit isn't a lot. Um, So in terms of games that I would like to cast that I haven't had a chance to, I remember when Valorant first came out, I was trying to be like, yo, I want to be like the Valorant dude. But like the thing, like 
going into a game that you do not already cast as like the new guy is like extremely hard. And like I said, it's a bit of a shame that like we weren't able to snag up mine. Maybe he'll pop in later because he actually does cast Valorant for Riot. And I've been seeing his work and he's been doing a great job. Um, and it's like that. Honestly, the games I really want to cast uh, are all fighting games. I just I just love fighting games. Tekken. Haven't had a chance to like really cast Tekken. Like I've gone to like a local, but I'm like trying to be on some like Tekken World Tour Tekken stuff. Trying to cast Dragon Ball Fighters. I had a couple few tournaments, but like never really like Guilty Gear Strive. When that drops, dude, <sighs> ah, I would love I would love to get a chance to to cast that. Or even Rocket League, now that I've put so many hours into that thing, I'm like, I may as well. Every game that I play, I make sure that I am, like, if the average player is, let's say, gold or something, I'm always trying to make sure I'm in the top 10 percentile. So, like, I will be diamond in every game that I touch, every single one, and I won't stop playing until I am, so the game better be good. And uh, Rocket League's a challenge to do that. (laughs) Rocket League is a (laughs) challenge, but... I'd I'm terrible at that game. I'm so bad at Rocket League. It's hard. Like <laughs> yeah. it is like it's like melee levels of hard, dude. I but it's so fun to grind. So I'm hoping that like I don't know what the future of commentary looks like, right? Like there's a sports infrastructure for I don't know, like someone like Tony Romo or something. I don't know. After a certain point, you probably just retire. But like the amount of money you make in those fields are not comparable to to esports right now. And even the esports right. that do, like let's say you're like Rivington or Freak or something in League of Legends, the like disparity between like an esport like that and a lot of other esports are, I don't know, dude. I don't know it. I feel like I'm just shooting a ball in the dark and seeing where it lands i have no idea what the end goal is ultimately what i would like to do is quit my day job and go full-time into esports that's my goal and i don't know how that looks like i don't know if that means i have to like go hard on my youtube because i've been slacking or if that means like something else but i just not trying to have the day job anymore Yeah, how about you, Sparky? Uh, what what would you like to cast that you haven't had the chance to yet? Uh, my answer is going to be a lot less interesting than Flambo's. <laughs> so it would have been really cool if somehow like you knew that ahead of time, and then you let me go first, so then Flambo could round it out <laughs> with all with that big dearth of knowledge. Because uh, man, I don't really care about any other games <laughs> commentary wise. <laughs> like you have to Dynasty you have to dedicate love? so much time to be able to commentate a game and actually be anything worth a darn at it. Uh, I'm not good at Rainbow Six enough to do that. Um, I don't want to spend the time to get good enough at Rainbow Six to do that. Commentary for Destiny 2 doesn't exist. I wouldn't want to do it. So my, like, uh, uh, let's see, Tunnel Vision on Brawlhalla, like, that's kind of all there is. And because I'm, like, one of the top commentators for it, uh, I just kind of get to do whatever I want. So really the only thing is it's not even something like in the future that I want to do. It's really something in the past that I didn't get to do. It was Paris Games Week, which was a huge event in Paris. Uh, Brawlhalla was a part of it. And it was a side of the community that we don't get to see at many events. We have had international events. A lot of them have been in like Sweden at DreamHack. And then uh, like one was in the Netherlands that I wasn't able to go to, unfortunately. Mm. But this one had the French community. A lot of guys from the French community that is an extremely vocal part of the community. We always see them in chat going crazy. Of course, they participate in onlines, but we don't usually get to see them at many lands. There's several guys out there that I've never been able to like get in a room with and mm. give firm handshakes all around. Um, and that's that makes me sad. And I'm hoping that in the future I will get to do that. But specifically, that event was really special, not even just for like the French side of the community, but also specifically the player Pavelski. That was one of the like first lands that Pavelski. he was ever really able to go to. And he won it. He was like one of the big men in EU that people were like, man, get this guy on land and he's going to work wonders. He's going to work his magic. So unfortunately, I wasn't able to be there for that. But if you want to talk like really end goal for this, 
man, I don't know. It's just a hobby. I just do it for fun. I just like talking about the game. I like talking about the players. I like learning about the players. I like comparing the stats of it. Like the only thing that I would have my eye on down the road is like a Twitch Rivals event with Brawl. Mm, I think that would be that, dude. the coolest thing. Uh, we were able to do sort of like a Twitch Rivals event. It was c- completely separate, but still like the same framework of it where you had like Brawlhalla players, they were coaching just random streamers. And that was so much fun to see because you could see the learning process. You could see Brawlhalla players teaching randos. I don't even want to call them randos because they, they, they were streamers. Like they were streamers who had viewers Mm -hmm. so but it was people that you had never seen before and you saw them like going through that learning process learning the game seeing what doesn't work what does work those light bulb moments and that was really cool it's like with pog champs right now going on with chess i don't care about chess i think chess is lame i think chess is (laughs) resident sleeper but when i get to see xqc play chess i'm in when i get to see ludwig play chess i'm in i've been watching pog champs like every day and i don't know what's going on but it's still so cool because i get to see popular streamers i get to see them learn i get to see them succeed and i get to see them fail Man, Ludwig's such a weird one too, dude. Like, I only because as someone who come from the Smash community, I remember when Ludwig was not as big as he was now, and just seeing the like exponential growth happen before your eyes of like, just like a dude that I met at, uh, like I don't even remember the name of that tournament right now. Full Bloom, Full Bloom Four. Was <laughs> like, hey, what up? Uh, and now it's just like, oh my god, this guy like pulls in like 60k average viewers on yep. Twitch. What is going on? I'm a it's huge like Ludbud. Crazy, crazy <laughs> blow up, dude. Awesome. Well, so guys, uh, we're started. We've already started our giveaway, and we are giving away Overcooked Two. You guys ever played that? That game's pretty. Oh, fun. Yeah. I haven't. That game's pretty fun. What? And uh, I've what? never played it. I've seen Duke and Win and play it on stream and with uh, with Frone and Adriana. Uh, th- that was cool. I got to see them <laughs> mauled at each other, but I haven't played it personally. Yeah, no, o- o- Overcooked 2 is good. And I think uh, we've got a couple DLC packs to go along with that too. So it's base game plus a couple DLC packs. If you're paying attention on Twitch, enter Duke as the keyword in chat and make sure that's duke d-u-k-e not duke like do you see the commentator yeah, yeah d-u-k-e that mistake <laughs> that's right and uh and this game's on steam so you guys got everyone got steam come on let's be real uh overcooked too as far as giving away all right so our buddy ty is going to run that giveaway for us we'll continue on here so this past year obviously really crazy in terms of casting uh no more in-person events, all online. But I wanted to get your guys' opinion. For you specifically, what has been the difference for you between casting for LAN events versus online events, especially this past year? Oh, Sparky, you go first. Um, online, like at home, sucks. It's it's the uh, worst. It's- like it's <laughs> it's Pog that we still get to do it. That like specifically one of the games Brawlhalla has such an online framework that we can still do it. Like that's a blessing. That's incredible. Uh, I would hate to be a Smash Ultimate player or commentator or viewer during this time. That has to be rough. But I like it's cool that we get to do it. I recognize the blessing, but man, doing it from home or doing it from the cribbo, as I like to say that I just made up, um, it is, it, it's, nice. it's awful. It's truly the worst type of commentary that you could possibly imagine. You don't even have the person right next to you. You don't have all the people gathered at an event that you can feed off of. It's brutal. Yeah, no, I, I have to agree. I feel like I, so pros and cons, right? Uh, pros, as Sparky mentioned before, like the netcode of Brawlhalla is amazing. Um, like people will still complain about it, but like when you look at what else there is, like Dragon Ball Fighters netcode, like Capcom Fighters netcode, like it, it, it's it's bad, <laughs> you know. Like Undernight Inbirth, one of my favorite fighting games ever, netcode trash. Brawlhalla, not an issue. And that's one of the reasons I think Brawlhalla does so well is the fact that one, it's free to play. And two, you can just launch the game, hop into a game and have it be playable and feel like, I'm not going to say LAN 
versus online are comparable, but it's good enough that you're not going to like rage. You can feel your decisions. You don't feel like you did something often and your input didn't come out. Um, but casting it is like, ah, it, well, I don't have to fly somewhere, which like, this is going to sound like <laughs> a weird, weird thing to come out really complaining about it per se. But what would happen often with Rahala events is like, as I mentioned before, I work 40 hours a week. Um, and usually events would be over the weekend. They'd be a lot three days events. That would be like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I'd have to do like a weird thing where I'd have to either like take time off uh, on like a Friday and I'd be like juggling my PTO uh, to try to get all the events in that I could. And that kind of right. like stunk a little bit. Um, but I do miss the traveling aspect. I miss seeing people in person. I miss like, like it's weird even to not be sitting at the desk with Sparky with his laptop and just like seeing him look at his laptop to pull up stats and stuff. Like that's like a weird thing. You don't feel the energy at all. Like yeah. I remember one of the, the moments I remember best, right? Is at CEO uh, 2019 question mark. I think it was a 2019 must've been yeah. um, Mac versus scary, right? One of the, the player picks that they uploaded to the YouTube channel. You could hear the crowd like roaring for like every hit, every blow. And like that energy like feeds into your commentary so much. And I feel like a lot of casting from home is like, if the gameplay is exciting, all right, the gameplay will speak for itself, but it'll never be the same as like not having um, just just the squad dude like i missed the squad yeah. i miss little cap i miss like was it who threw the middle finger was it ethan i'd like that was <laughs> no it, it was cody who threw cody. It at ethan. <laughs> that's what it was like that stuff like you can't get any of that stuff and the big thing that i always say about esports is like for smash you people watch a lot for the people right like mango or like mewtwo king they're all like mango, personalities mango, that people love to follow mango. and like if you are online you don't get to see any of the players faces as they're playing you don't get to see their expressions you don't get to like see them punch their keyboard or like anything and like it takes away it just makes the experience overall feel less personal and I just, I just miss that. I miss being able to see that. I miss seeing like Crocky like bounce in his chair in person. Like <laughs> it's, it's just different, man. It hit different and not in the yeah. good way. Yeah. No. At, at home commentary is definitely the best way to commentate right up until you press like start stream and put on the headset. Because it's it's so convenient. I get to sit in my room. I get to make sure it's like 70 degrees, maybe 69 degrees nice. And nice. I get to wear what I want, like below the belt. Whatever's off camera, I can wear what I want. I can have a big thing of water next to me in between like blocks or breaks or anything. I can, I can go and make something in the kitchen, a nice hot meal. I don't have to uh, rely on catering, which first of all, catering is a blessing. But still, it's never going to be as good as what you have in your fridge at home. Like you right. get to use your bath bathroom instead of the bathroom that a bunch of dirty gamers have peed all over so like until you press like go on the tournament it's the best way to commentate but then once you hit go it's dog it's absolute dog yeah no i i get you that makes sense and you know that's one of those things i i've got a couple friends who are involved and you know that's the thing they would always talk about they're like the energy like i just miss the energy i want to get back to the energy uh, you know, it's hard to create that artificially, uh, like you said, when you're just watching the game uh, play out in front of you. So, and not having that crowd behind you. So, no, I mean, I get that. Hopefully, hopefully, we're going to get back to that not too far from now. But uh, it was great. Um, the great Udini is our winner for Overcooked 2. Congratulations. Ooh, let's go. The great you. Udini. Yeah. So, uh, we will be sending you a message in. Uh, Twitch, where we'll whisper you a message. So uh, be paying attention for that. All right. So, uh, Flambo, I want to start with you on this next one because you kind of jumped into it a little bit. Wanted to get your guys' greatest memory or favorite moment in casting thus far. Flambo, you talked about CEO 2019. Mm -hmm. is, is there something else that you want to add to that? Or is there another moment you can think of that you really loved <sighs> casting for? So, okay. So here's, here's the thing with me, right? Um, 
if I think of like like moments in terms of like the energy that I feel, the, the raw emotion, like watching it, casting it, speaking about it, like Mac versus Gary is the first one that comes to mind. Uh, just because I remember like casting that set, putting all my energy into it, feeling like I did a great job, and then having the like court of public opinion that is Twitch chat agree with me. <laughs> and then having that video uploaded to YouTube and having the YouTube comments agree with me is like, like having people tell you you're good at commentary and when you think you did a good job is like the most like reassuring thing ever, especially when I first started casting, I had like huge imposter syndrome because I thought I was like good, but I was like, am I like that good? I don't know. And I was like, great. My mindset has always been that like people will always say, uh, if you're great, if you're all right, people won't say anything. If you're doing a good job, people are gonna talk about it. And that was like one of those times I remember people talking about it a lot. Um, but in terms of like the other things that like I think of or I look back fondly on, um, <laughs> It's like this moment isn't even in in the grand scheme of Raw Hall of History. It's not even that significant. Like I, it, it's not <laughs> at all. But I will always remember it because there's two moments. I just I just had like a double flashback. All right, so the first time is me and TK Breezy were commentating some tournament. I couldn't tell you which one. We've, we've casted so many Raw Hall of tournaments at this point. They all kind of blend into one. Um, but I'm pretty sure it must have been like Starlight because who else would be playing Canon versus somebody else? And they were doing, it was when Canon was overtuned and everyone was playing Sidra. Um, and they had uh, a Sidra rocking the black colors and a Sidra rocking the white colors. And I said, yo, we got Tia and Tamara in the lobby. And I still look back at that and I'm like, dude, I am so funny. Like, I, 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 like, I am so funny, dude. And like the other time, like in my brain, it's, I want to say it was a Stingray match, but it wasn't. But it was like someone who was playing Orion, but it was, they were playing the Black Knight. And I said, the line I said was like, if there's anything that this person has done today, it's that if white knights are for the simps, black knights are for the pimps. And I made that on the spot and I am so proud of it. And I will I would never let that die. Like if I gotta like make a reel for an event coming up, both of those clips are going in there with no hesitation whatsoever. So that's that's me in terms of like things I'm like, man, I'm so I feel like when I cast, I'm like trying to ride that line of like what can I say on stream that won't get me canceled, but also is funny, but it's like riding the line just enough where like Boda isn't going to yell at me afterward. And I felt like, <laughs> I hit it, dude. I hit it. Anyway. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Thanks. Now that's good, man. You got you to gotta clip that and keep it for yourself. That was very great. In the archives. Uh, there you go. Uh, Sparky, how about you, man? Uh, well, I wasn't uh, really going to gas myself up this time, <laughs> since, since Flambo already lit that flame. Um, I think the, the favorite thing I've ever said was during uh, – it was Mountain Dew Amp Game Fuel Championship, and I was sitting on the desk. Uh, it was an online event, but that was at the point in Brawlhalla's esports history where the commentators were flown to Blue Mammoth Games' office so that at mm. least we could be together physically on the desk, which was super pog. And I was sitting there with Taza, and I think it was Boomy playing, but maybe it wasn't Boomy. It was a Diana playing in the game, and he hit a side sig. And if you know anything about the Diana side sig on Bo, it has some crazy hitboxes on it. <laughs> and he ended up hitting with the backside of it. And I, I turned to Taza, and I said remember that hitbox is very important it's just like when you're trying to find a girlfriend the backside matters and that was one of my favorite things that i have ever said but beyond that like my favorite times i've ever commentated was there there are a couple i'll, I'll give a couple as well just like uh just like flambo did um one has to be the first world championship uh, for those who didn't watch it or really like pay attention to what was going on. That was sort of like a proving ground 
Cause it was, Oh, it was so long. Me and Duke put in insane hours in that we were like the only guys that were commentating that event. Like fats was there and I I think TK was there for some of it, but I can't remember. Maybe fats wasn't there for that world championship, but that was like me and Duke putting in hard 10 hour days, like three days in a row. My voice was dead. Like halfway through the first day, we had to buy so much time. They were like just, 20 to 30 minute walks <laughs> all over the place of just we they were just like oh, you just you gotta you gotta fill time like you just have to do it like well what are we gonna talk about i don't know just run it uh that that was like that felt like paying dues and it felt really cool when that was done to be like okay i i did some commentary it wasn't perfect it probably wasn't even great but we sat there on the desk and we filled the time with content that people probably wanted to hear. We found things to talk about for like 30 hours that weekend going off of like three hours of sleep every night. And I, you know, that, that just made me like feel really good about myself as a commentator that I was able to push and muscle through that. The other one would be uh, it was at the last world championship last uh, not last November, but the one before that in 2019, where we had the pro league super finals. It was the best pro league team from NA against the best pro league team from EU. And like the play was cool, whatever. That was fun. Yeah. But the important part of that was that me and Duke got to sit on the table and do a tri cast with professional wrestler Xavier Woods. Oh, man. now this I was, was a so guy. Jealous. I'm still that, so jealous. I'm so jealous. I, I looked up to him for years and years and years. It was at Pack South, uh, way early on, like maybe 2015, maybe 2016, that he actually went to because he he's a big nerd for games as well. Um, that he went to and he was giving away Royal Rumble tickets, and it was like he was like, "I'm giving away Royal Rumble tickets." He tweeted on Twitter, and you had to like go and find him. And you had to do like a bottle flipping contest. That was back when like bottle flipping with like a little bit of water in it was like going around everywhere. So I ended up winning that, which I never win anything ever. So that was sick. I got free Royal Rumble tickets. (laughs) That was awesome. But I remember really early on in that I, uh, I had like Twitter DM'd or Discord private messaged the community manager for Brawlhalla at that time. And I was like, yo, this guy, Xavier Woods, Austin Creed, he has this YouTube show where he does all this video game stuff. You got to get Brawlhalla on that show. I want to be on that show so badly. This was in like 2015. Then you catapult four years into the future. And I'm sitting next to this guy on the table. I've never felt so like physically yeah. – um, that's the cramp minuscule before but like that that didn't matter because i was sitting next to xavier woods doing commentary for my favorite gang with one of my best friends in the world that like hour and a half i got to sit on the desk with him for an hour and a half like think about your heroes some of the people you want to meet most in the world imagine you just like get to sit there on the desk and they're forced to be there with you right like they can't leave (laughs) that's the best thing they're a captive audience for an hour and a half man that was i don't think really hardly anything will ever beat that yeah that that does sound pretty great i Man, I, I know how it feels. I know that like minuscule feeling. I, I used to work for MGM Resorts, and I had the opportunity to meet Shaquille O'Neal once. And oh God, I am mm. I am not a tall dude. I I'm like five eight, <laughs> five nine with shoes on, and uh, you know Shaq's like seven six. And when when I went to shake his hand, I think his fingers touched my elbow just from shaking <laughs> my hand. And man, yeah, that feeling minuscule. I get what you mean there, but no, that that's incredible. Um, you know, having there's really been this incredible explosion with esports and giving casters these types of opportunities. It's something I never had. You know, when I was a kid playing games, even when I was in high school playing games, I never thought that this would be a thing. I never thought that there would be these sorts of experiences for people like you guys, and it's just so great that it's become something that people appreciate on a much higher level. They see where the value is there. They see the entertainment value there. And uh, yeah, getting to meet someone like Xavier Woods, that's that's awesome, man. Um, yeah, I definitely wouldn't forget that one. Um, so I'm going to let you guys know, we may 
this is for the people that are uh, tuning in. Uh, we may have our video shift here in just a minute. Upmind just finish up uh, his CS:GO uh, stuff, so we're, we're going to try and get him on. We're yeah, we're going to try and get him on, see if it'll happen. Uh, but in the meantime, we will continue on with uh, our conversation here. Um, we were talking a little bit about it at the start. Some things that you know might be difficult in for the caster life. I mean, like you were talking about Sparky, you run on three hours of sleep, multiple days in a row. You have all, you know, all the stuff you got to do. Um, and that's something that with people tuning in, you know, they're never thinking about that. They're never thinking about all the studying that has to, that's involved uh, that you guys do to prepare yourselves for these tournaments and the casting that you do. So if you could give us like a little bit of insight into that part of the casting life, what makes it difficult? Um, how do you prepare for matches? Talk about the studying involved, like that kind of stuff uh, that people probably generally don't think about. Who do you want to start? Uh, Sparky, let's start with you. Uh, well, definitely the hardest part is having to turn down all of all of the women in my life because yeah. I'm I'm married to the game. I'm married to the game for the rest of my life. But really, uh, you you hit it right on the head. Is the research that goes into everything? My memory is is truly awful. I don't remember things for very long whatsoever. So Flambo talked about it earlier is my laptop like that. That is that's my Barahala Bible. I have to have that. I have to have the spreadsheet with who has lost to who for the past like year. I have to write down who their characters were, what the score was, um, all of the records of these players, who they're playing for. All of that, it takes takes me hours. And I have to do it like every single tournament to update things as things go because I, I don't remember any of it. It's crazy how some people can be like, oh, man, this is just like uh, game three of the Losers Round 1 set back from uh, Winter Championship 2017. This is just like that. Uh, <laughs> Billy Bob was playing uh, Diana. Oh, no, it was a Jala that he was playing, and he was using this skin or this color scheme. And he ended up taking a stock at a minute 10 into the game. And it was incredible. Like that, that is never going to exist in my brain. That just won't happen. So I have to have the stats in front of me. I have to have the spreadsheets. I have to have all of that ready to go at a moment's notice. And that, that takes me a lot of time in preparation for every single event. Wow. I'm like, cause like for me, I like depth don't go that hard. Like at all <laughs> but like <laughs> to be fair because the thing was like brawlhalla came into my casting career pretty late like i was playing smash and doing smash events infinitely more than i was doing smash and i actually i have a document that i haven't updated in a while it's a list of every single tournament that i've casted and it's it's a long uh, it's just an extremely long list. <laughs> it's an extremely long list. And the reason I needed that list was because for Brawlhalla, right? Like, since I'm a Brawlhalla caster now, it, it doesn't really matter. I don't have to, like, reapply for Brawlhalla whenever I do an event. Um, because now that I'm one of their casters, I'm just put on for any event that Brawlhalla does. Okay, makes sense. But for, like, freelance things like Smash... Every event isn't run by the same person. So then you have to like, basically it's like job applications. Like you have to apply to this event and that event and this event and that event, and then see if they say yes. And if they do say yes, are they going to accommodate any sort of like flight or housing or travel or anything? And so I needed to like build up this resume of every tournament that I'd done so I could show that like I was the real deal because the only other thing that could like speak for someone is their like clout basically and i didn't really have a whole lot of clout like i was that caster that was pretty good and people liked um but was not the person that people were going to pick for top eights or top 16s for a while just because at the time there were already people who had like cemented themselves in that slot so you had to like basically make it so that you could somehow finagle a reason to get people to believe that they should pick you over like EE or TK who like already cemented themselves in the smash scene. Um, but honestly, I did a great job building that. But regardless, I think like the hardest part for me, like these days, um, it's, 
a lot easier now. When I first started Brawlhalla, the hardest part, of course, was learning all the players and stuff because I only knew like Boomy, um, LDZ, like all the people that would like get top eights were easy enough. But I started by doing uh, like Brawl League tournaments and Bagel tournaments. And some of them were smaller. Some of them were like kind of like seasonal things. But when you're hopping into a game, I played Brawlhalla for years before I started casting it. And I was already good at it by the time I started casting it. But just knowing who all the players were and their storylines, it felt like you're like jumping into a movie halfway through. Like there's already stuff that you just don't know that's happened that you need to catch up on. And now I feel like I'm kind of at home with it. Since I still play the game actively, I don't have to look up what's going on in the game. Like if I wanted to cast League of Legends now because I cast it in the patch, I would, or in the past, I'd be completely lost. But Brahala is like, I'm hunting every single patch notes that come out. I'm in training mode, seeing what the differences are. I just like mentally remember every single thing that happens to the game balance wise because I noticed the effects of it because I play the game actively. So like, I don't have to like look it up or anything. Um, for the storylines, like usually I have Sparky or I have like <laughs> Toast or Zaruga or like Left Stick or something able to like funnel me those results so that I can just like seem smart and say them because I used to have to memorize all those things for Smash and I had a binder that I would take to me to tournaments where I would write down everyone's set record with the, every other player in the top 50. But like it came to a point where I realized that for traditional sports, they have someone just like do that. You know, right. like it's not like Tony Romo's like, oh, I remember when this team played that team and the score right. was 3-2. It's like they have a whole team dedicated to just that, feeding that to the casters. And casters in esports are really juggling the jobs of like a host, a commentator, a stats person, this, that, whatever. And then yep. it just kind of like hit me. I'm like, I, I, I shouldn't have to do this. Um, so... <laughs> I don't. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> where, where I land with it. Yeah. Um, right on. That's yeah, great. Yeah. And, yeah. Out. And it, it's great to hear. I, I, and it's hard to talk about the struggles, but it's great to hear the struggles. I think it speaks to, you know, the professionalism that you guys have when you're going into these things. And, you know, people really got to know, like, like this is a, this is not easy. It's not something that just anybody could do. It takes a lot of dedication, a lot of hard work. It sucks. And, and you don't get paid half the time. Yeah, like, not with Brawlhalla. <laughs> Brawlhalla has paid me for every event that they've ever put me on for. But just, like, the, the freelance life of, like, like, I don't know if we're going to be able to get Gus in here. I think we might. And if we do, cool. Because if there's anyone I know who can relate to, like, doing events and not getting your cheddar for it is, like, oh, it's Gus. Guess. Yep, that's that's an experience that I have. I have just, I have no time with that because Brahalla with its own like insulated independent ecosystem, they get payouts going quickly. Mm -hmm. I appreciate yeah. that so much. I have just never had to deal with the other side of that. And like you said, Flambo, about having to like basically reapply for the job every time mm -hmm. for these other event runners. Like, I don't got to worry about <laughs> that, bro. If there's an event coming up, I'm on the bill. Unless I say no, I'm on the bill. And that feels great. That's a great feeling. Once yeah. you're in, you're in, you know? Yeah, that is great. Well, I'll tell you what else is a great feeling as I make a very awkward transition here. Uh, Upmind, I believe, is finally here. And able Let's to join go. us. Let's Upmind. go. Let's go. We can, we can hear him. We should be able to see him here in just a second. Upmind, you are fresh off, Cat. Oh, there you are. Look at that. He yeah, looks up? great. He's, he's been casting CSGO for the last, I don't know, probably 12 hours. And here he is looking great, looking fresh. I love the hair, man. That looks so good. But uh, how you doing, <laughs> man? Glad to have you on the show. Hey, no, appreciate it. No, thank you for having me. I mean, I you guys just came off a discussion about struggles. I think Flambo knows more more than enough about my struggles. <laughs> like like too much. <laughs> it's it's terrible, dude. <laughs> it sucks. It sucks. But yeah, no, uh, I'm very happy to be here. And uh, you guys are pretty much like you've guys gone through like everything. I would like to think, right? Or or is there more to talk about? I, I would love to. Well, spit there, some facts. there's more to talk about, but we're gonna let you catch up a little bit here. Um, 
couple things you can, you know if you want to get through it real quick that's fine just give get, give me whatever you think uh how did you get involved in esports and you know what do you see your goals for in the future with esports yeah real quick so uh at the very beginning of things back in 2016 i uh i was picked up as a streamer for an organization that i ended up getting super involved with but we'll talk about that a little bit later but i was uh i was actually brought on to stream a game of fifa pro clubs i love soccer but they were literally just like, you just stream the game. And I'm just like, okay, let me totally disobey your orders and let me like <laughs> cast it like for, for, for jokes, right? Because it was like a regular season game. So I did it for fun, kind of as like a radio thing. And then from there, people were just like, you know what? Maybe you should try that a little bit more. Maybe refine it because you didn't actually sound that bad. You knew what you were talking about. So I'm like, okay, let me, let me keep going. So from there, I ended up reaching out into Counter-Strike, first of all, and then Smash Bros. And I mean here we are right i mean throughout i went through the motions a whole lot more and as the years went by my passion just kept growing for esports and i made it my full-time thing this is awesome man look at that nice and succinct very good very good we'll just keep on going here uh what's something you, you've talked about a lot of the games that you already mentioned that you've streamed in the past is there something that you haven't had a chance to cast yet that you would like to at some point in the future Ooh, ah, that's tough dude Okay. 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 I I feel as if I feel as if I I have a ringing that some Brawlhalla professionals are here. Brawlhalla. That's almost literally <laughs> it. I would love to do Brawlhalla. Like I've I went I went to I went to World Championships. I went to CEO. To, uh, I think it was twenty nineteen. I was Fiends translator, bro. Yeah. Brawlhalla is. Okay, I'm not. I'm not gonna swear. <laughs> I uh, know what you're gonna say, <laughs> I, I, dude. It's it's lit, dude. It's amazing, and uh, I mean, ju just the community around it is probably the best part about it. But I'm very happy where I am at the moment, especially with uh, doing a lot more gigs with Valorant and actually with Riot at the moment. So, I'm I'm happy with where I am. But I would like to do Brawlhalla in the future, maybe League of Legends. But I don't know anything about League. That is more just like, oh, that esports sounds fun. Well, I mean, we do have a couple of Brahal guys here who might be able to vouch for you. So, hey, guys, guys, look him up. Look him up. <laughs> Hit up Photocon on Twitter. Photocon <laughs> yeah. on Twitter. Oh, F my God. F-O-D-A-K-A-H-N on Twitter. Hit him up on Twitter. Does he Spar me? Sparky's I, got I, the I, inline there. I, I'd listen to what that guy's saying. Um, and then one more thing. It this will pretty much catch you up. Uh, what's your greatest memory or favorite moment of casting thus far? Dude, uh, okay, uh, late 2019, so pretty much right before COVID, December, it was my birthday that weekend, and I was actually flown out to my very first event, uh, well, at, at least getting flown out. Uh, I ended up going to Fragadelphia, which is a Counter-Strike tournament in Philadelphia, makes sense, uh, and um, that entire experience throughout that weekend, I was able to really mesh with the veteran community, with uh, a lot of the more natured casters. They gave me a lot of advice. Just had a really good time that weekend. And also because it was my birthday, literally on stream, they surprised me with like like a cake. And it was uh, oh, nice. Dude, that 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 entire weekend was amazing. I, my my greatest memories overall is getting in touch with the grassroots scene. It's it's a whole other environment when, of course, I love doing this professional stuff when I'm on like ESL and stuff like that. But you don't get the fun moments. The real mm -hmm. fun moments is when you can really connect with a grassroots community. Great, man. No, that was that's great. I, you're pretty much caught up here. So uh, let's move on to next question. We got some. I mean, I got to say, we got some pretty good casters in here. So if the answer to this question is one of the guys in here, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But who's your role model in the casting world? Is there someone that you look up to specifically that you try and model yourself after a little bit? Uh, someone that, you know, in the early stages of your career might have helped you get into casting? Uh, talk about your role models a little bit. Uh, Flambo, let's start with you on this one. Okay, so this is going to kind of circle back to something I mentioned before because... So what even got me into casting was Homemade Waffles and Phil, who are like at this point cemented as like legends in terms of like the Super Smash Brothers Melee history. They are the ones that like I listened to and like could see myself in and could see myself doing commentary. And they were the ones that like really, really made me feel like I could do it and just like try it. Um, and granted, Phil doesn't do commentary anymore. And Brandon is like more of a player slash tournament organizer now rather than like a, a commentator. He does some stuff here and there. And I'm sure when like it's 
buying to have stuff in person again, Summit will come back around. He'll probably end up getting sent to that. Um, but it's like th this question, like, kind of kind of hits me in a like sad spot, <laughs> in a sense, just because someone that like I looked up to heavily um, is just like someone that I can no longer. Um, and like in the whole past summer of like Smash, uh, just, you know, don't want to sour the mood, but just like, for me, there was only one person that I could see that was black, Haitian, in esports, doing everything that like I wanted to do. And that person is now gone. So I was like, at that moment is, is when I was like, ah. I'm gonna be my own role model, bro. I don't, I don't need no one else. I've, I've gotten far enough. But Sejam, Giuna, there are other people that I, I'm like, y'all great, yipes. Also great, but I just kind of stopped looking up to people since then. <laughs> just kind of sad, but it is what it is, you know. I was like, ah, I made it, yeah. whatever. Ryan, hey Sparky, how about you? Who's who's been your role model? Uh, I don't really have one, so I'm going to say several, but you praised Upmine for being succinct, so I'll try to be succinct as well so you don't <laughs> yell at me. Um, definitely EE is one of them. Uh, I'm not really that big of a fan of Smash. Uh, no disrespect to the Smash commentators and or fans in here or any of them around the world, but if EE's on the mic, I'll watch EE. I love EE. EE has... Yes, the incredible ability to get away with the things that he says on the microphone. He is a professional about knowing where to put those things in and then how to immediately move past them without pulling the spotlight onto himself, without letting it marinate too long. He just hits those notes that are hysterical and then moves back into the game. He is the absolute king of moments like that. Then also, uh, since I've been walking, uh, watching pog champs lately, I got to put in the ring, uh, women's grandmaster cutie Cinderella for bringing a very unique viewpoint to chess that makes the game more entertaining for me. Someone who knows next to nothing about chess. Uh, I, I love that. If you can reach out, to the the non-religious viewers at home for that esport, I think that's incredible. It's not easy to do, so I love that she's able to do that very well. Also, Flambo mentioned Sejam. Like Sejam is such a king. Mm -hmm. Everything Sejam does just like seems to be incredible. Tasty Steve? How did I not say Tasty Steve? Steve, dude. Steve, you want to so say something about Steve? Go ahead, say something about Steve. Steve's the goat. That's it. Steve's the goat. Why are you not playing Tekken right now? Go play Tekken. You know, like that kid. <laughs> Man, dude, how did I not say? I said Sajan before Steve. I'm. I need to have a talk with myself later, bro. No offense to Sajan, but like Steve's goaded. I'm sorry. <laughs> And then also my last one is going to be uh, Bobby Scar. I love Scar. 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 I love to watch Scar on the mic, especially with Toph. I think uh, he does a great job of remembering things, and I, I admire that so much. Both Scar and Toph do a great job of remembering uh, this set from this game a million years ago. Mm -hmm. And as someone who is regularly criticized in chat for not court talking about the game... <laughs> Uh, I I can level with with Bobby and uh, and Toph on that one because people seem to also make those same critiques about them. I don't care. I love to watch Bobby and Toph put out the top eight commentary for Melee. I love it. That's a staple, man. Awesome. <laughs> there you go. Well, I mean, earlier it sounded like Flambo sort of closed the conversation here, but Upmind, we'll let you get in yours. Who's your role model in the casting world? Dude, I'm boring. I got a couple, but I got a couple in sports. I only got like very, very limited amount of options in esports. Uh, for sports, at least, uh, definitely, uh, I grew up watching a lot of sports. Funnily enough, I'm wearing yellow and black. I'm a big fan of the Bruins play-by-play -play commentator, Jack Edwards. The only reason why is not because he's like super knowledgeable or anything, but he's passionate. He brings a certain flair to sports broadcast that like, 
is unheard of throughout the just throughout the professional scene in general. I mean, that that is just something that you wouldn't get hired for nowadays if he had the takes that he had. But he literally did it in in front of millions of people every single week because Boston is just insane for Bruins hockey. So that's where that's what I grew up on. He's still very much an idol of mine. But in terms of esports. Definitely one that uh, I like how Flambeau touched on someone that you can kind of relate to. Definitely to me was this Brazilian caster called Bida. Uh, he is the mainstay of Brazilian Counter-Strike. He is the mainstay of just Brazilian tactical FPS in general. And he, when I talk about passion, that's really what I try to bring into every cast of mine, which is it's, yes, I have the hype, but it's more just genuine love for the game, which I really really do especially when i'm talking about valorant and counter-strike and beta brought that every single time he was like the solo caster for like uh the csgo majors of like 2016 when brazil won both and i mean you could just hear it in his voice that he legitimately like he was invested into it he wasn't just there for a paycheck he did it solo like it's it's insane the type of things that grassroots casters do to really get themselves out there but he's he's a mainstay now but before even at the small platform that he had, to me, that was very impressive for NA at least. Funnily enough, you you already mentioned one person from this cinematic universe, Sparky, Ludwig, believe it or not, Ludwig. Mm. Uh, purely because he was just a funny guy, but mainly because he was more of a mentor for me. I was able to communicate uh, with him a lot throughout, I think it was 2017. Uh, I've lost that contact now purely because... Um, <laughs> He's Ludwig. Uh, because he's not a Megalol anymore? He's, he's too high up there, dude. I can't catch up with him anymore. Like, whatever. Uh, but no, him definitely, he was a he was a great contact for me early on. But um, yeah, I, I also had a lot of like mentors in a sense, a lot of people that gave me a lot of advice. And one of them just so happens to be on your screens right now. Thank you, Flambo. Appreciate you very much. You are legitimately, legitimately one of the biggest wake-up calls that I had, especially before I moved, where I was just like man I, I am just not i i'm just not feeling this smash bros casting thing let me New just commit to one thing dude. was ruthless to you it ruthless <laughs> yo <laughs> hey hey i i cared a lot at that time it hit deep because i knew for a fact what was going on behind the scenes and that's one thing folks i mean because certain grassroots communities can be a little bit more elitist that community to me was completely ruthless so that I, I got over that. It was a big step for my career to at least go through that experience. But one of the people that did end up helping me in terms of getting my mental up and just giving me direct feedback and direct criticism, it was Flambeau. Appreciate you, dude. Anytime, brother. That's Killing great. it. <laughs> Killing it. That's great. And <laughs> Appreciate I, you. I liked how you talked about that, the the different communities and how it, how it might be more difficult to get involved there. Is this something that the other two guys had a chance to expand on a little bit up mind i want to give you the opportunity here uh you can add to this if you want but just what's something uh, as a caster uh that's difficult for you i mean we talked a little bit about preparing for matches and the studying that's involved to get yourself ready uh to commentate on those matches uh it might be something different uh what for you is is really difficult in terms of the casting life statistics for me isn't exactly a big thing but because of how tactical fps's really are you have to pay attention to mannerisms all the time with a team and what exactly each person's role on the team is on a certain map on a certain side in a certain round and that's a lot of studying like probably 90 percent of my week is vod reviewing just studying the hell out of teams and I wish I hadn't needed to do that, but literally every every commentator from the bottom level all the way to the top, they just spend their days bot reviewing and they have to do that to keep up. So that probably to me is the biggest mental obstacle is actually getting into it because it just reminds me of school. I hate school, dude. Um, <laughs> but, but, but otherwise, like getting myself mentally into a cast, I sometimes I feel myself like maybe throughout like the first like one to two minutes in, especially if I haven't like hyped myself up, it's tough to like get back into that mindset because like, especially if I'm studying before or the pre-prod was really long, it's sometimes it's hard, my, uh, hard for myself to get into that mental, but I think that's more of a personal thing that I could get to work on throughout the uh, the next couple of years, but definitely the the studying side of things. That's probably the the hardest part for me. Right on. Well, that's good stuff. I, I don't want to end on a downer, so I'm going to ask you a lob question. I asked these guys to start us off here. Uh, what are you playing right now, up mine? What am I playing right now? Yeah. 
Did you say planning or planning? Playing. playing. What games playing. are you playing on the systems right now? <laughs> the systems. Dude, I'm boring. Uh, like I just said, 90% of my week is VOD reviewing. I watch video games more than I play them. So I'm playing Valorant. I'm playing Rocket League, but um, I'm playing Smash. But okay, if I, if I had to pick one game that I'm like slowly chipping at, it's actually uh, Final Fantasy VII Remastered that at the moment because i'm i'm huge into final fantasy but i never found the time nor kind of the space to actually get it because i never actually had a ps4 i mean i had a ps4 before before i moved but i bought one specifically to play final fantasy just about a month ago so i'm chipping at it little by little it's a it's it's amazing thus far dude like i can't believe i went through like almost a year of just not playing that (laughs) game it's like it's stupid even I know, man. I I was telling these guys before. I I'm a big uh, JRPG fan. I'm into Persona Five Strikers right now. Yes. I, I was all about Persona Five. I platinum both those games. And uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake was amazing. I loved it. Uh, so glad you're finally getting the opportunity. Yes, sir. Persona Five too. That was fun. Yeah, yeah. Some good stuff. All right. Well, that is going to bring us to the end of our conversation today, guys. Really appreciate you jumping on. Uh, Upmind, thank you for uh, joining us uh, after your match there. We really appreciate you. Uh, Sparky Flambeau, thank you for uh, being a part of this conversation. It was great having you guys on. Uh, I want to give all of you a final opportunity here uh, to let everybody know where they can follow you on the social medias. uh, If you guys have uh, particular channels you like people to follow. Uh, So insert shameless plugs here. Uh, Sparky, let's start with you. Uh, I am at who is Sparky on Twitter and make sure to sub to twitch.tv forward slash egg soup TV. I think it's egg soup TV. Flambo, is it egg soup TV? I'm pretty sure it's Hold on, I gotta look it up. Egg soup TV. Yeah, no, it's just egg soup. It's egg soup raw, no TV. LMAO. We'll we'll drop some links in the in the chat too, so people can find that. That's all I got. I don't have a TikTok. I don't have a Instagram. Snapchat is not for y'all to follow. That's for other stuff. So that's all I got. Fair enough. Flambo, how about you? Um, so I mean you can follow me on Twitter at Flambeasy and the one and the only the king. Uh <laughs> and then on YouTube, my YouTube channel kind of hurt, bro. I told myself I was gonna do consistent updates, but I haven't been doing consistent updates. But you can just also go to youtube.com slash Flambeasy, I'm pretty sure. At least that's the name of my channel, so I'm easy enough to find. Um, got thumbnails with me and Frog Hat, so that should be pretty easy. Also, <laughs> uh, make sure you s- subscribe to twitch.tv slash defensive. They always got to make sure I plug defensive wherever I go. You know, it's, that's the man. Um, and yeah, that's, that just about does it for me. Not really anything else that I can think of at this moment. Subscribe to Hardy MJ on YouTube. And, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, uh, that's it. All right, up mine. Your turn. Yeah, I don't got much either. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at upon underscore. Um, I think that my Twitch is getting consistent-ish. Twitch.tv slash upmine. Drop a primer, please. Love you. Thank you. Um, dude, other other than that, I'm just a guy with a fro on broadcast. You can catch me doing Valorant for Riot, actually, at the moment. You can catch me doing uh, CS for ESCA and ESL um i'm not exactly in one uniform place like these guys like i'm all over the place so the best place that you can possibly catch up with what i do is on my twitter perfect well hey again thanks guys for tuning in really appreciate it um that's going to do it for this episode of the rectify roundtable but be sure to keep your eye on the rectify gaming social channels for announcements of upcoming shows as well as news and updates on our various esports teams and content creators Until next time, I'm your host, Scott Anderson. Thank you for tuning in.